Are you recording? Yes. You better you better be recording because we're gonna we're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about dope ass black women. <laughs> Back to this B roll stuff you were talking about. I think that that was it. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Active Listeners with Mike and Shane. Each week we will discuss our lives, our goals, and our expectations as artists, as well as discuss what it is to be an artist performers, visual artists, and musicians. Mike and I, we want to talk to you, and we want to talk to you about what you do, why you do it, and what that art really means to you. We'll have guests to discuss artistic expression and the all-around nature of the artist's lifestyle. And try to answer that question. Is there a de facto artist lifestyle? Please follow us on Twitter and Facebook and join us in the conversation. Welcome to Active Listeners Podcast. I am Mike. And I am Shane. And tonight we are going to talk to one half of the hosting dynamic duo (laughs) of the podcast, Are We There Yet? Elena Patrick. And yeah, we're going to have a really uh, cool conversation with Elena about their show, about our topic for this week. And uh, some other things as the, as they come up, because as you know, we like to talk about whatever occurs to us in the moment. Sometimes yeah, we get a little random. Sometimes, yeah, we get a little random sometimes. And I think I think to be fair to our audience, we should we definitely made up this term public processing. <laughs> this is this is not a real thing, but we should not. work to make it a real thing. I, mean, one I of, think there's probably a term that we just don't know, right? Well, then we just that's that's why we make things up. We're artists, right? That's right. Cuz that's a big part of what Elena does. Maybe we should clue in the audience as to what we mean. So, public processing. No, they'll catch on. It's when you deal with a trauma in a public way. And what that means is you do what our guest did uh, or what Shane and I are doing right now. And you take inspiration from an event in your life and you create something with it, whether it be a work of art or a podcast or a blog or a small business. Yeah, you process it in a public way and in in hopes of different things, I guess. Yeah, I feel like that's something that at least I have been doing on stage for years, most of my life. You know, the ability to go on stage, even if I'm playing another person, because I'm never playing Shane on stage, it still allows me to work through some of that personal trauma. It's it's sort of a way to do it while still wearing a mask and not actually acknowledging the problem. You sort of you sort of recognize that there's a problem and there's a catharsis on stage. So you sort of feel better. But what I think Elena and uh, Shivare are doing is sort of recognizing the problem and working through that problem as themselves and with the audience that they're building. Yeah. Mas- maskless uh, catharsis, you know, yeah. Shane and I have different, have often talked about and, and do have different acting styles. That's not necessarily where I go for inspiration, but I will say that doing this podcast, doing other other works that I've put out in the past, 
Yeah, like there's certainly a a cathartic kind of release that you get from, even if it's just like a few people, a handful of people, a, you know, a small auditorium of people, a bar, you know, kind of getting getting things off your chest in a public way. And a, a lot of negative connotation can get put into that, especially from the outside where like people are just like, oh, you're looking for attention. Oh, uh, you know, like you think you're special. Oh, yeah. What else? What else have we heard? A bunch of bullshit. Just a bunch of baby bag bullshit. Because at the end of the day, it's people who a- attack you for attempting to deal with these traumatic experiences in a public setting are likely just hiding their own traumatic experiences that they're not ready to talk about, they can't talk about, they don't want to talk about. And so anyone else that is actually in a healthy fashion processing that sort of stuff, they immediately begin to look down on. And I think you might not do this on stage because we do definitely act from very different places. But I think back to uh, Black Suburban Dad. You know, you have that public experience and that public platform to talk about it um are you going to do more of that by the way um pending okay things things have i just miss it i really liked it yeah no things have gotten certain just super crazy and um there's a part of me that uh wants to force myself to have the to have the discipline to do it once a week and to do them every day or every week and get something out but also there was another part of me that was like, well, if there's nothing there, you know what I mean? If I have no, if there's no there there, I'm not going to force it. And it's not like I have a huge following for it either. So it's, you know, um, uh, once in a while I'll, I'll, I'll bank something and I'll be like, oh, you know what? When I've got more time to get that going again, you know, that's something that I think I'll, I'll, I'll pay attention to. Or that's something I will write. Or, you know, Carly is always co- coming up with different, oh, that's a good Supreme back black dad thing see i think you have more of you're a more following. invested in this than i am yeah you have more of a following with that comic strip than i, I think you realize well also like I, you know it's my perpetual curse is like kind of having so many things in the air at once <laughs> yeah you know that's me that's what i do you're like oh is there is there some responsibility here let me can i have that i'll just take a little bit of that <laughs> Oh, is there an idea in my head that I'm I'm going to have get out and then sit on it for a decade? Yeah, sure. Let's do that. Oh, I mean, yeah, we could talk for hours about half projects, but let's not even get into that. <laughs> Instead, let's get into our interview with Elena. But before we do that, we're going to take this brief moment, ask you to check out our Patreon. There's a couple different levels you can subscribe at, and it'll get you access to backstage stuff. More importantly, I got something in the mail today, and I'm wearing it right now, and none of you can see it, and maybe this is why we need an Instagram. But (laughs) we have T-shirts and mugs and cozies, 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 cozies. I sound like a child, koozie. Like, no grown man is going to put his beer in a koozie. No. Okay. But we have them. They're there. Completely disagree. I will only drink beer from a koozie. A mug. Right. But it's, never mind. We're getting distracted. We have merch. Check out our merch store. In the description, partnered with Tee Public, And I say that like it's impressive, but it's not. You just have to set it up an account and sell stuff. No, no, no. It's really impressive. (laughs) You should check it out because you can get our brain pod, which is the show's logo on a t-shirt with or without the show title. So if you want to like just kind of 
hint at someone like, hey, look at this cool shirt I'm wearing. And they'll be like, oh, wow, that's a cool shirt. What, why does that brain have headphones on it? You can tell them because it's the brain pod. So go ahead, check out our merch. And yeah, we'll be right back with our interview with Elena Patrick. All right. And with us tonight, we have Elena Patrick, who is the co-host of Are We There Yet? Uh, co-host with Shivare, if uh, I'm pronouncing that correctly. You are. We only have Elena with us tonight, but we are more than excited to, to talk to them. So please take a moment, introduce yourself, tell us something interesting about yourself, and let us know what pronouns you, you prefer. Absolutely. So hi guys. So my name is Elena. Um, my pronouns, that's a really good question. Are she, her? And um, something really interesting about me. I don't know. See, I'm like super boring. It can be moderately interesting if you like. Moderately interesting. I mean, I have a podcast. Like, I guess that's pretty interesting. So yeah, there's that. Um, oh no, you know what? I am a small business owner. So I actually make journals for a living. So if you ever want to buy a journal because you like to write, I'm your girl. Cool. <laughs> I actually, I, it's funny because I had to hunt around my house for this thing today. It's uh, it's like a, a really messed up tiny little like paper. Lisa journal. Frank so notebook. I'm, yeah. I'm actually <laughs> in the market for like a nice journal. So I didn't even know that. It's great. I mean, if you would like one, it does have a beautiful black woman on the front. So I'm all about it. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll send you one. Might might raise some questions, but I'm into it. It's <laughs> my whole life. <laughs> Speaking of raising questions, <laughs> let's uh, let's talk about your show for a little bit. So your your podcast is for anyone that is unfamiliar, and shame on you. <laughs> is are we there yet? And uh, yeah, and and in full disclosure and prep for this episode, I I listened to some of it and hadn't before then. But <laughs> oh my gosh! Okay. But it's yeah, it's 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 pretty rad. Yeah, um, I really enjoyed it. So talk about talk about your show and your mission a little bit. Yeah. So are we there yet? It's just it's just a show about two dope ass black women in. We wanted to come together and talk about issues that are, you know, kind of prominent in um, our community. So it's it's really funny. You know, I met Shay our freshman year of college and she moved away. Um, we lost contact and we got in contact again. And, you know, I just always loved her energy. And I was like, hey, man, I want to start a podcast. And she was like, dude, I want to start a podcast. So I was like, OK, well, let's do this how every podcast yeah that's starts. how we got there <laughs> right and I was like you know what I don't know if anybody's gonna listen I don't know if anybody's gonna care but I want to talk about things that you know affect the, the African-American community I want to talk about you know that stereotype that you know most black women are kind of you know hit with you know about having that nasty attitude and you know holding on to toxic people because we feel like we need to have them in our lives and you know, just just touch on those subjects that nobody wants to talk about. We all know that they're shitty, but it's like, mm, do we want to say it? Do we not want to say it? So, yeah, I'm really excited about it. I think it's just a great way for us to address those issues uh, publicly and let people know, you know, if you're going through something, you're not alone. That's the the biggest thing with our podcast is just trying to reach people on different levels, higher levels, and encourage them to think differently and think outside the box from, you know, how they grew up versus how they are now. 
so yeah i really like it um i'm glad you guys listened to it i know it's it's a bit much our personalities are um just different so (laughs) i felt like you two (laughs) meshed really well together actually i did i did and i mean i feel like 2020 opened a lot of eyes and 2021 is the year to say some shit that needs to be said absolutely sure the the one thing that you talked about in what might be your first episode it sounds like you have this hidden first episode somewhere that when the story about you working at a gas station and this guy coming in and telling you oh you'd be so pretty if you smiled and be like no motherfucker i am who i am and i am pretty no matter what you think absolutely and you know it's so crazy i I worked there for five years, five years. And this guy would come in all the time. And, you know, I, I, I love black women, but y- y'all never smile. Like, oh, it, oh, is, is that how you feel? I mean, I smile all the time. Maybe I just smile towards you because you're a dickhead. Like, <laughs> you know, just, uh, you know, I, I just got so fed up. And the night that I finally told him like, hey, you know, fuck off. He was like, see, that's, that's why I don't mess with black women. You know, you guys are, you guys are messy. You guys have attitudes. And I was like, you probably just don't mess with black women because you just can't handle us. You know, you want somebody to be submissive and just smile and do whatever it is that you want. And it's not like that, not over here. So, you know, I don't know what to tell you. Yeah. I felt like, (laughs) I was like, maybe don't tell people to smile and instead just be a good person and try to naturally make them smile with your energy, you know? Oh my gosh. Listen, working in a gas station, you would, well, no, you would not be surprised at like the crazy people you come across, but the older men, you know, the whole, you should smile thing. You're too pretty to not smile. Like, it's it happens all too often and that's just you know just one of many things so yes the whole smiling thing i actually hate to smile no i'm just kidding <laughs> saying that as you smile the biggest smile i've ever seen <laughs> oh my gosh thank you i'm i'm actually very nervous i don't know why it's, it's so funny like even when we record our podcast i'm like okay hold on like hold on i need to take a deep breath first because you just don't want to sound crazy I feel like when I listen back to our podcast, I'm like, mm, I sound really breathy there. You know, I should stop there. I should need to pause. So <laughs> we have spent the last, I don't know, how long we've we been doing this now? Four or five months, six maybe. Five months. Yeah, we've we've been we've spent the last five months telling each other how much we hate our own voices. So we completely okay, feel you. you. No, I thought it was just me. I was like, man, I sound very terrible like when you play this back. Yeah, yeah. You got all the the ums and likes and right. uh and I never thought that. I would be so intimate with Mike Lake's voice patterns. But having to edit this episode, uh, edit these episodes, I'm like, wow, I never realized Mike's voice spikes in this way when he says these kinds of words. And it's it's odd. <laughs> That's how this was Shay. Our, you know, our dynamic is is amazing. I, I love it. But it's so funny when we sat down to record the first episode, she was so calm. And literally within the first five seconds, I was laughing. <laughs> and we edit it out. So, you know, she's like, yeah, what's up? This is your girl, Shay. And I was like, hey, this is Elena. Like, 
I was so excited and so giddy. Then I heard it back and I was like, man, people are not going to take me seriously. No, I love it. I love it. You know why I love it? I love it because it just shows the range. You know what I mean? Even beyond the, you know, your two examples, there's more range. But like, that's what we need is we need to expose people to all points, all points of view so that so that we can get rid of these preconceived notions of who people are based on what they look like. Absolutely. You know, where they're from. Absolutely. And and going back to what Shane said, you know, I think that's why starting the podcast this year was so crucial. You know, I, I had COVID last year and it was very, very rough. I was sick for maybe almost three months and it took a long time for me to recover. And there were so many things that were happening in the background. And at the time, you know, they were talking about Breonna Taylor. They were talking about George Floyd. And here I was so sick and just wanting to be out there, you know, and, and go to these peaceful protests and, and, you know, just use my voice and, and try and connect with people. But I was at home trying to recover from this deadly virus that had just taken over. And it was this whole thing of, you know, I want to be there with my people. I also don't want to be there with my people to make other people sick. And so this year I was like, fuck it. Like, <laughs> 2020 was so shitty you know this is the year where we need to talk about these issues and you know continue to amplify our voices it's just so much going on in the world and I think a lot of us want to you know show our concern or express our point of view but we're afraid of what people are going to say and I I did have that thought at first you know when I when I had this idea to start the podcast I was like you know what, I'm going to say something and it's going to make somebody angry. Good. Right, right. You know, But at the end of the day, I was like, well, fuck it. If they're angry, like maybe this will prompt them to do their own research, you know, get involved however they can. So it's been a really rewarding feeling, especially just knowing, you know, last year I was so down. I was so down. And to be able to be here today and not only have that testimony of surviving that, but to just connect with people is absolutely amazing. Well, we're we're glad we're glad you're here and you made it. Oh, thank and you. You're thank you, you survived. So I had I had forgotten that you had went through the whole COVID thing. I I vaguely remember seeing some Facebook statuses about it, but three months. How are you feeling now? Like, how have you recovered? So it's really interesting. There are a lot of people that have had long term side effects. I guess you could say, and I'm one of them. So for a lot of people that aren't aware of the shortness of breath that people experience, or maybe just on my level, it was so bad. I, I don't think I could walk maybe 100 feet without feeling like I ran a marathon and my heart would beat so fast. Oh man. And I'd start to panic like, okay, well, I'm having a heart attack. I'm, I'm doing this, I'm doing that. And it still affects me from time to time. But for me, recovery was all about changing my mental first. And I know that sounds weird. I know people are like, oh, okay, she's one of those people like think positive. No, but it's it's so much more than that. And when I was sick, you know, again, I was watching the news about all these people going to these protests, people being shot, people being, you know, tased and things of that nature. And it made me feel so much worse. But when I started thinking about the change, like I could, I could do, you know, just individually, and started taking my medicine, you know, regularly. Recovery was really good. It was a very long process. I don't think a lot of people talk about the side effects like hair loss, uh, 
blood clots. I mean, all types of stuff. And it, it was really tough, but I think I needed to go through it in order to be where I am today. For sure. So last year, you talk about a lot of the protests and unrest that happened last summer was kind of like your catalyst to like thinking about all this. I'm curious, what do you do when, when these, these stories come across your feed? They, you know what I mean? Like what's your, what's, how, 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 what's the first step you take? Everybody's is different, right? Like you get rage or sadness. What's, what's it like for Elena? For me, I have to, and I don't know why I do this. I beat myself up over it every time. I will read the story and then I will also go through and read all the comments. And so it makes me right. And it makes me so angry. So angry. I think back to last year when everything happened with Breonna Taylor. And I think the the number one comment I kept reading was, well, you know, she, she knew what she was doing. You know, she, she was living with a drug dealer. Um, You know, that was the life she chose. And it was so dehumanizing to think that her murder, which, you know, people don't want to say that it was murder. Her murder um, was basically, you know, it, it was kind of like, they just assume, well, you know, she paid the price for what she did. But what they don't think about is, you know, that that young lady went to bed that night not knowing what was going to happen to her, thinking that everything was fine. And, you know, regardless of what her boyfriend did, it had no it had no reasoning towards her. And, you know, at the end of the day, we are dealing with a young lady who lost her life and people are talking about how, you know, it was her fault. You know, she she put herself in that predicament, but I I get angry and then I cry. I cry because I, I think about, you know, as a black woman, that that could be me, that could be my sister, that could be anybody. And I don't know what I would do if somebody that I lost, um, you know, who was very close to me, you know, if I was going through and reading comments like that, I don't know what I would do. I don't know how it feel. My brother was actually murdered in 2016 and the number of people that were like, well, you know, didn't, didn't he sell drugs or, you know, wasn't he, wasn't he part of that life? I'm like, are you serious? Like this, this man is dead and he's, he's gone. And you guys want to talk about, you know, things that don't even matter. It, it, it matters not one bit. So sorry to hear about your loss. No, no, no. It's 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 fine. I think I've gotten to a point now where I'm a little bit more open with it because I realize, you know, he's in a better place. Um, yes, his death was very, very hard on me as an older sister. You know, there's always this duty of just wanting to protect your siblings and and things of that nature. So when he died, it it did really affect me. And being able to talk about it now is really good. So when I think about people like Breonna Taylor, you know, or when I think about George Floyd and people are saying, well, you know, he was a drug addict, he was on drugs. Like at the end of the day, they lost their lives and there was no justice for them, none. And I just think about all these people writing these nasty comments. And I'm like, well, if, if that was your family member, you would literally burn the world to the ground to get the justice that they deserve. It's almost sadder if you believe them when they say they wouldn't. Absolutely. You know what I mean? Like there's like a whole part of this conversation that we don't have 
and it's indicative of what this whole situation brings out in everyone, right? Like the default position for certain people is that the cops are on their side, right? right? Like, so like they think if the cops ever do anything bad, it's because they're doing their job. Right. And they're doing their job in an effective way. And the fact that they can't in turn say that, yeah, if their family member was in the an identical situation that they would fault the police at all is like, that's a whole nother problem. You know what I mean? Forget, for, forget skin color. We're now we're talking about like, oh, well, you just obviously feel like they're there for you. Right. And that's why you can't see past this. And that no matter what, they're already, you know, they're just entitled to do what the job is required of them to do. Right. And so, yeah, that's a whole nother conversation. And then to pile, put on top of that, the implications behind it being people of color most of the time is, yeah, it's for, it, fascinating, but not in like a, a positive a good way. way. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, I don't know, it look, it's, it's classic victim blaming, you know, you, you. Absolutely. I would argue that I don't know that I could find anyone that isn't on drugs or some sort of drug at any point in time. That isn't something that should be a death sentence. Uh, you know, my father sold drugs for many years, went to prison for it. And it was something that he had to do in order to survive, in order to pay his bills. It, it wasn't something he was signing up for. It was a necessity. Right. And that's the thing. It, it just bothers me that people are so, you know, so, so innocent as it seems. They, they want to portray that they're these angelic people, that they've never done anything wrong. And, you know, you sold drugs, you deserve to, to go to prison for life. Or, you know, you have these people who, you know, just make one little mistake and they're paying for it the rest of their lives. It kind of makes me think about, I cannot think of this guy's name. He was, uh, was a young man. He he raped a few women in college. His name Brock. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, Brock Turner or something like that. He raped that woman like behind some building dumpster or something. Yeah, right. And people were saying, "Well, you know, he's young. You know, don't." Oh yeah, he had a future ahead of him. Like or or the the young man who who went and shot um that massage parlor last weekend, and the officer said, "Well, you know, he had a bad day." I have a bad day and I take the long way home and, you know, cry. Yeah. Like hit up, hit up that sad playlist on Spotify and like vibe. Like, yeah, don't go shoot up a mall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was infuriating to read. For sure. Just so disgusting that you would even have the audacity to say, well, you know, he had a bad day. I mean, we all have bad days, but never in my life have I had a bad day. And I think, you know what? I'm going to go home and shoot somebody just for the hell of it. I might drink a lot of wine, but. <laughs> Slight, slightly off topic, but what kind of wine are you into? Um, I love all types of wine. However, there it is. I don't know. I mean, maybe this is just me. So when I was sick last year, I like super like hardcore got into TikTok like really bad, <laughs> really bad. You know, at 31 years old, I, I am a TikTok addict and it's okay. But I just saw these TikToks about like these like popsicle flavor wines or something like that. And I'm like, I'm going to go find it. 
have I found it yet? No. However, tomorrow's a new day. So. <laughs> Popsicle flavored wine. I say try to find you some wine slushies or something. Yeah, I was, I'm thinking like maybe in your like delirium, you, you misheard like wine popsicles and then you know what that is very true (laughs) i'm gonna have to try to find you some rosé slushies send them down your way please rosé slushies it's so funny i was telling my sister i was like yeah i'm obsessed with tiktok like in a really bad way like i'll be at work and i'll be like you know what i work so hard i'm gonna give myself five minutes of tiktok time (laughs) three hours later (laughs) Right. There's no such thing as five minutes of TikTok time. Right. It's only like two TikToks, to be honest, you know? <laughs> so what do you do? What do you, besides podcasting, what, what's what's Elena's life like? Uh, where do you work? What work do you do? So I actually um, work for Dollar Tree in their corporate facility. I am a facility maintenance coordinator, which means when your store is broken, call me so I can fix it. But aside from that, I also have a blog that is, it's the untamednatural.com. I'm just putting myself out there, free promo. I started the blog just as a way of dealing with my grief after my brother passed. I had a really, really, really hard time dealing with that. And I think it's, you know, of course, because he was murdered, but also because our last conversation, literally, I want to say maybe... 10 hours before I got shot, you know, me being a big sister, I think we were arguing about something and he was like, sis, like, it's, it's cool. Like, I got it. You're good. You know? And I was like, okay, well, I'll talk to you later. And I just hung up. And then I got the call that night, you know, that he had been shot. And the first thing that was going through my head was like, man, you did not tell him you loved him. Like, that's the, that's the, that's the you know, most important thing. You know, he passed a couple of days later and I just went into this deep funk and I knew that writing was something that I've always loved to do and and I've always done it so I just decided well you know what let's let's start from there and let's just talk about how I'm feeling at the moment so I started that to you know talk about grief and kind of help myself feel better I think it was really weird because here I am missing my brother every day, but also I'm meeting so many people online. They're like, you know what? I, I lost a sibling as well. I completely understand. And I'm like, okay, like make me feel better. <laughs> um, but you know, also I was, I was just so sad. So I, I started that as a, a way of just dealing with everything and it kind of took off. So from there, I was like, you know what? I like to write so much. I want to start a business. So I did the journals. I also have a group on Facebook. Not that Facebook's super popular anymore. I don't really know. <laughs> it's for the olds now. I, I think we're the olds. I realized that we're old because one day I was talking to my little sister and <laughs> she said, oh, I'm going to go home and watch it. And I said, dude, the original is like, so it's, it's so good. It's terrible, but it's good. And she was like, original? And I had to hang up with her right <laughs> It was the most insane thing I ever heard. And I was very depressed. So. What's the age gap? 10 years? Oh, 11? wow. Yeah. Yeah, like there, there are people out here that don't know the original. Like, it, that's crazy. Is she, is, she a lot, is she a lot younger? 
Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. So she's she's younger than me, but she also like in my mind, I still think of her as a little kid. So I went to the house when she was drinking like a beer, and I was like, "What are you doing? You're a child. Put it down." And she's like, "I'm 21," and I was like, "I'm gonna go home now." No, you're not. <laughs> right? Like, girl, shut up. You are 12 forever. Thank you. <laughs> So, yes, I run a women empowerment group on Facebook because women yes. go through a lot. Um, and then also like a business connect group on Facebook as well. And I just like to be involved wherever I can. It sounds like the women empowerment is right up your alley. I mean, with this blog that you were writing where you sort of joke about, hey, look at all these people I found make me feel better. At the same time, I can only imagine how many people have read your work and been affected by it themselves like you you look at it and you're like hey i need help to get through this thing but also you are helping people get through their things as well oh my gosh yeah it's so crazy so when i started being um a little bit more open about so i had pcos i'm sorry i'm just putting all my business out there today so if you read my blog you'll also read about it um <laughs> I have PCOS and, and it affects african-american women a lot and i think we always go i think a lot of people misdiagnose us because they don't always take our pain seriously sure. um so i started writing about how vicious it was and how much pain i was in and so many people were reaching out to me like wow thank you like I thought I was the only person going through this. Like, what do you do to make yourself feel better? How do you, you know, help your symptoms? And I was like, hold on, you guys are coming to me for advice? Like, <laughs> this is new. I don't know what to tell you. I was just bitching because I had a bad day. So I figured I'd just come drink a glass of wine and, you know, talk it out with y'all. And also so many people who have, you know, lost somebody in their lives and they come to me and they're like, you know, I read your story about your brother. Or I read, you know, what you do on his birthday or how you, you know, just connect with him from time to time. And I think it's amazing. And I'm like, man, you know, when I started the blog, I was thinking, hey, if I have one reader, that's great. If I have 10, that's even better. And then I think when I hit like my 400 subscriber, I was like, okay, so people are really reading this. This is crazy. But it's really rewarding. And I, I just love the fact that I'm able to connect with people from all over the world. Will there ever be a time where we ever meet? Absolutely not. Probably not. <laughs> but, you know, online, like, we are the best of friends. Are you comfortable sharing what you do on your brother's birthday for, I don't know, anyone in our audience that might be dealing with a similar circumstance? Yeah, absolutely. So as crazy as it sounds... I actually like to celebrate the day as if he was still there. So I eat like his favorite food. I eat cake. We always do something with my family. And it's it's funny because, you know, the, the first anniversary, it's always very hard. And I was like, do we go like, do we go let go balloons at the ocean? Do we like light a candle and like cry I don't I don't know like do we do we all come together and like hug I don't I don't know but I was like you know what I'm gonna celebrate the way he would want to celebrate so the first anniversary like my my family was really upset and I called my sister and I was like yeah I'm gonna go pick up some food I'm gonna come over and everybody's like what the fuck is wrong with her like wow she's really really going through it but 
I like to carry on the day as if he was still here. And of course I don't, you know, talk to him and I'm like, Hey, Julian, do you like this? Because that would be very weird. You know, sometimes I might have a little side conversation. I'm like, Hey, Julian, you know, having a bad day, tell me to calm down. But I just like to just like to live. His birthday is July 18th. So it's always really hot. (laughs) And if I'm off that day, (laughs) I like to, you know, just watch the sunrise. I like to watch the sunset. I listen to all the songs that remind me of him. I listened to the last album he used to play right before he passed. And it it just makes me feel like we're still in that moment. And I'm not thinking about, you know, oh, it's been three years without you, four years without you, five years without you. It's just one of those things where, you know, you're not here physically, but you're still here with me. So... So for anybody that's going through that, just celebrate. I know it's a really, really hard time because they're not there with you physically, but they would not want you to be sad on their birthday. They don't want you to cry. I tried to cry and I ended up laughing and I was like, is there something wrong with me? <laughs> <laughs> but then I thought about like, this This is my goofy little brother. And, you know, he would never want to see me cry. He wouldn't want to see any of us cry. So I just like to live as if, you know, we're just celebrating his amazing life, even though he's not here. I love it. It's beautiful. <sighs> Thank you. It's got really like teary eyed for a second, you know, feels. No, no. We, yeah, appreciate yeah, it. I mean, I'm over here taking notes. Like how, how can I cope <laughs> with my bullshit that I got going on? And that sounds much better than what I do. So I might take a page out of your book. <laughs> Wait a minute. What do you do? Oh, Let's talk about it. Yeah, you're right. I need to because I am. Um, I just I tend to you know lock myself in a room and and try to avoid the world that day that reminds me of my lost sister or parent. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I I haven't. I think I'm starting to get to that point where you where you're talking about where I'm starting to recognize that they wouldn't want me to do those things. They don't want me to lock myself in my room and feel bad all day. They want me to, they would want me to laugh. They would want me to go out and celebrate. They would want me to eat those favorite foods. Uh, you know, food was a big part of my family and there are dishes that just remind me of different family members. And, and then I'm slowly starting to get to that point where I, I think I'm ready to start embracing the the positive and all that negative absolutely that's so good (laughs) plus you know if you're ever feeling down you can always just send me a message so you know taking another note (laughs) (laughs) man i was so excited when i saw that you started a podcast because i just remember the crazy good times we would have in college, just laughing, being goofy. And I saw this podcast and I was like, why have I not reached out to Elena in so long? I'm, I'm embarrassed. And now we had a podcast. We had this great reason to reach out to you. So. Oh my gosh. Stop. Yes. Um, college was insane. Right. You know, with, with us just being theater kids, I think back and I'm like, what the fuck did we do? All <laughs> I think about bits and pieces of theater. I think about sophomore year where I had fucking pneumonia and Linnea. Do you fucking remember Linnea? I do. I still talk to Linnea. Do you? How's she doing? Okay. 
Um, Linnea, if you're listening to this, I remember when we were doing that fucking Shakespeare play that Clayton did, which was just a disaster. <laughs> and you dropped my pizza and I cried backstage because I was so sick. And I was like, I just want this pizza. Like, I just remember the craziest stuff. I don't, I don't know why. Um, we have like a, a, a small group that get together like once every month or two and we call it mm-hmm. wine and wine. So we drink wine and bitch about life. And I next, I think we have them next week, and I'll definitely tell her Please that tell her. Said hi. Yeah, <laughs> I will. I mean, I, I exclusively remember college based on what I was doing backstage, so it's fine. <laughs> it's completely normal, I think, for theater kids. It's like not not the class that I was, you know, fucking off in. It's oh wait, oh yeah, that's the show that like we all got drunk because it was a one act festival, and we were all in the first half of it and had nothing to do for an hour. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. That sounds about right. I don't know. Like, when I went to Mary Baldwin my freshman year, I was like, okay, this is going to be so, like, so prestigious and so sweet. It's going to be all girls. It's going to be amazing. And then you met me at the all-girls school. Listen, you, <laughs> Scott, so, so many amazing people. And I remember, like, I think I was talking to my dad, and he was like, well, how is this, sweetheart? And I was like, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> it's fucking wild, Dad. I love it. I'm never coming home. And then we would like go to the dining hall and the food would be shit. And I'd be like, I'm going home. <laughs> food was so bad. Where are you from? Where's home? <laughs> Virginia Beach. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So if you guys ever like come down here, you know, I'm here. <laughs> well, I mean, Virginia Beach, there's beach there. So yeah, we might we might just have to take you up on that. You know what? It's crazy. I've lived here my entire life, and when people are like, "Yeah, we're gonna go to the beach," I'm like, "Beach? What the fuck are you talking about?" <laughs> so clearly, I'm not a beach person. But I will go do a beach episode. Do a beach episode. It'd be windy. It'd be we'll need a whole new set of equipment for that. I think. What? No, it would be so dope. Wait, so where do you live currently? Shane and I are actually both in upstate New York. Oh, you're both there. Okay. Yeah, he he just moved back. He's We're, we're both from here originally. I actually lived in Virginia for a little while. Uh, I didn't go to Mary Baldwin, but I was Shane's roommate. Uh, we went to college together early in our lives. And yeah, and then I convinced him to come back here. <laughs> well, life, life, life helped, but... He he bribed me. I did. I said <laughs> eventually we can record in person. Oh yeah, that that would have just made me pack my bags right there. <laughs> and don't get me wrong, his really cute kids are a bonus. I mean, they are pretty cute. I heard about your kids and and I'm I'm obsessed. I love children. My sister just had a baby a couple months ago. And I'll FaceTime her and I'm like, hey, can I can I talk to Mason? <laughs> and she's like, well, he's he's two months, so he's not gonna he's not gonna say anything. That's not the point. I just like to look at him so he knows, like, hey, this is my aunt. We're making eye contact. She's here. There you go. There you go. You yeah. know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because of everything going on, my son that was born in May oh. took like nine months to warm up to my mother because he saw her maybe that many times in you know in that many months so finally it's 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 good she comes over and he doesn't cry for the first hour that she's here and i know your mom that must have broken her heart oh, oh. 
broker are shattered. I'm not going to lie. That would break my heart, too. <laughs> like, take this baby back. I don't even want to hold <laughs> This one's broken. Can I, I get a new one? Give me a new one. So if there's one thing, if there's one thing that you want your audience to get from your show, what is it? Be open to conversation. I think a lot of people are one-sided or maybe they just don't like to understand, you know, different opinions. And everybody has a valid opinion. Some are really fucking stupid. I would say that. But but be open to to, you know, the conversation and what's happening around you. Um, and also, I know you said one thing. And also... No, I mean, as many things as you want. Educate yourself. And that's just, you know, that's that's whether or not you listen to the podcast, but just with what's happening in the world. Educate yourself. I think a lot of people are wanting to, you know, shoot out their opinions without doing any research. Or, you know, the people are like, I've done extensive research. No, the fuck you haven't. You literally type something in in Google and you thought it made sense. So you decide to come and say it. And also let's have fun, you know, like in every podcast, I like to say, you know, hop in the motherfucking car. Like, let's go for a ride. Let's, let's talk. Um, you know, we just want people to come as they are. You don't have to be anybody to, you know, you don't have to be anybody different to, to fit in. Again, you know, Shane and I are from two very different walks of life. And as soon as, you know, we start recording, it's literally like we grew up together. Just, just, you know, just shooting the shit. I really like it. So I want all of you to like it as well. <laughs> So yes, that's that's what I would like for all of you to do. Perfect. <laughs> all right, Shane, you got any more? You got any more for Elena here? We could just sit and talk for like another hour. Yeah, I was gonna say I have a couple things I kind of wanted to talk about that you brought up in your in in your uh, episode that I listened to. You talked about the you, you talked about gender and how you're allowed to and not allowed to show emotion based on whether you're a man or a woman or a, you know a man who's crying and it's like hey you know grow a set like oh absolutely you know and and you know that that hit really true for me um you also brought up this whole concept of uh sounding white and it and that was not something that i had even realized was a thing until i moved to virginia that's how naive I was on on that topic and uh, there was a, a gentleman I worked with at the American Shakespeare Center and I said something offhanded one day and it really offended him and I didn't understand why and someone had to take me aside and explain to me that what I said whether you meant it whether I meant it in a negative connotation or not mm-hmm. it was offensive yeah and that's and that was the sort of memory that that popped in for me when I was listening to that episode I've gotten that my entire life. And as a kid, you know, I remember being eight years old and people were like, you, you sound like a white girl. And I was like, okay, thank you. Like I, I, you know, I didn't understand it. And so I thought as I got older, it would be different. Um, you know, I wouldn't hear those things, but even freshman year of college, people would say that. And I would be so offended. Like, well, what does that, what does that sound like? How am I supposed to sound? You know, it's it's like micro, like microaggressions that people will do and they don't realize it. Or maybe they do realize it and they just don't care. Hmm. Um, so uh, the job that I had before this, um, 
you know, in a time of COVID, you know, you're, you're not really seeing everybody, you know, face to face. So we would have a lot of meetings via Zoom and, you know, I would, I would get, well, you know, Elena, you know, you, you just sound so educated. You know, you sound like you know so much. Because I went to school. <laughs> right. Like, because I went to college. What the fuck? Like, <laughs> you know, um, right before I left, actually, I had a manager who, you know, those people who they have to, you know, kind of think about things a little before they say, because they're like, you know what, this probably sounds racist. Or those people that want to ask a question and they're like, no, I'm not racist, but like, here the fuck you go. You're going to do it. Here comes the racism. (laughs) Right. My boss, my boss, okay, was like, you know, I sound blacker than Elena in a meeting. And what? And keep in mind, I was on camera. So, you know, I had to fix my face first of all, because I was like, what the fuck did you just say? I caught myself. I caught myself and I said, Elena, fix your face first and foremost. And everybody was laughing. And it was one girl. She was like, ooh, I don't, mm, I don't <laughs> funny. And we got off the meeting and he called me. He was like, hey, you know, I was, I was just kidding. You know, it's just because you sound so. And I was like, what? And he was like, um, you just sound really different from all the black girls I've known. I was like, so how do they sound? Like, go, go ahead. Tell me, you know, and when you confront people like that, or when you, you know, you're talking to people like that, they're like, well, you know, I didn't, I didn't mean anything by it. Yes, you did. This is something you, you genuinely thought about and you had the balls to say it. And then when I say something back to you, then you want to say I'm being aggressive or, you know, it's not that big of a deal. You know, you're really taking it out of context. No, I literally heard what you said. I'm repeating <laughs> it back to you. So I need you to address it. Um, but yeah, I've, I've gotten that all my life. And, you know, or the people that are like, well, you know what? Thank God, like your mom gave you a sensible name. Like, oh. what the fuck does that mean? Like. <laughs> Like, my name is Elena, and people still call me Alan, so, like, you can't be that sensible, you know? I'm, it's it's strange. It's strange that people think that way, but it's not anything I'm not used to. Mm. Mm. So that's the, that's the problem. You know, people have this idea of how you're supposed to sound as a Black woman. And then when they hear that you went to college or you're educated, like, wow, you must be really smart. You're so smart. Like, yeah, bitch, I am. What the fuck? I don't, I don't need you to tell me that. You know, I, and I also don't have to, you know, code switch all the time to make you feel better. Or I don't have to, you know, sound a particular way to get my point across. It's just that they want to constantly put us in this box. And I'm not here for it, you know? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Has that ever happened to you? Oh, yeah. Oh, I mean, you know, being a Black performer of any kind. Oh, my God. Like, it's either it's either you sound too white or you don't sound black enough or and then like what does that mean because like i don't know like not not how you talk but like if you were to hear my voice like you could probably venture a guess right that i'm a black guy but like but that's not what they mean, right? Like they don't mean like the timber and tone of my voice. You know what I mean? They're talking about the fact that I pronounce consonants at the end of words, you know, like that's what they mean. And then like on the reverse of that, yeah. Being, being in an audition room 
and just using my normal voice and being told, oh, you know, Mike, that was really good. But, you know, we're we're not quite looking for that for that, you know, for him to sound that way. He wanted, he should sound a little different. I'm like, well, I grew up where you're putting this kid. Like, that's where I'm from. So right. like, right. <laughs> what like, is what that? Do, what mean? do you mean? Yeah. What, how do you want me to sound? I don't, I don't understand it. Yeah. Like the, <laughs> you know, the, the street lights were my curfew, like, you know, and I ran around the neighborhood, like that's where I'm from and I don't sound like that. So what preconceived thing are you working with? That says right. this guy has to sound like that. Right. I remember when people would meet, like me and then meet some of my siblings, and they'd be like, wait, so like you have the same mom and dad? Like you guys grew up in the same house because you're so different. You know, your brother's so like, so what? He's so what? He's so <laughs> Yeah, he's so my, my brother's the same. Tattoos, <laughs> you know, his tattoos up his neck, on his arms. <laughs> Like if he's wearing a t-shirt and jeans, there's not part of him that doesn't have ink on it. And like, you know, but minus his face, you know, and yeah, he's definitely different from me, but like, because we're different people, you know? Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. I'm sorry, Shane. I didn't mean to just like get really angry there, but. (laughs) You never have to apologize to me. Okay. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> yeah, I did not read that as anger. <laughs> but yeah, but you know what? I'm glad that at least somebody pulled you to the side and told you that it was a problem. Because I think a, I think a lot of times like things like this happen and people don't say anything. It's like, whatever. Yeah, and I, I love this man. Like I have, I still have a great deal of respect for him. And I just didn't realize that, you know, saying something as, I think I... I said that he wasn't black oh. and, and I, and I just didn't realize what that meant for him because like just listening to you and Mike have that conversation, you know, it's what the fuck does that mean? Absolutely. And, and like, once someone explained that to me, I was like, wow, I have a lot of, I have a lot of work to do. I have a lot of work to do as far as like educating myself and making sure that I don't perpetuate those microaggressions. That's that's my responsibility. Like I have them ingrained in the back of my mind from years and years of growing up as a, a white cis man. And it's it's my job to recognize that. It's my job to do that work. Absolutely. And it's a good thing that at least you're breaking that cycle instead of, you know, continuing. That's the problem. I think a lot of people now will say things because they've heard their parents say it and they don't see anything wrong with it. And it's a big problem. So that's the that's the thing with, you know, the the microaggressions or just blatant racism and stereotyping. We hear them, you know, we hear these things as children. And so we grow up and it's programmed in our minds and then we go on to have our own children and we say the same things to them and we don't realize how much it's actually affecting us. You know, it's it's kind of like I used to watch those weird YouTube videos or those weird Facebook videos where, you know, people would give a, a little white girl like a black doll or give a black girl a white doll. And, you know, you would have some people be like, well, you know, I don't I don't like it because it's black. Why is it so dark? And then you would have people be like, I love it because she's pretty. It's all about what you're taught. And the fact that, you know, somebody took that second to just pull you to the side and, you know, let you know, and you had the chance to break it is amazing. 
if only there were more people like that. <laughs> For sure. Or there are more people that were like prepared to hear it. Yes. It's like a lot of people aren't prepared to hear it. Like they think about, like you said, it's something that their parents did or said. And like, their dad worked nine to five for, you know, 35 years and, and, you know, never said boo and would never turn anyone away from our door. And he was a great person. So it's impossible that this thing that he said that I say is racist or wrong. Right. And, you know, it, which brings in a whole slew of even potential, like, allies you know that have problematic behaviors and things that don't want to see them that way right because of the people that they learn those things from or just because the other people in their lives that they know that are kind and and whatever you know that think or say those things and it's like well no see this is always been a problem we're just now finding the voice to talk about exactly exactly So kudos to you, Shane. I'm very proud of you. (laughs) Well, kudos to you, Elena. Thank you so much for coming on our podcast today and laying it all out on the table. Uh, I had a great time. Um, I hope you did as well. I did. And I'm going to go uh, celebrate by having a glass of wine. (laughs) Two or three. I don't really know who's counting. You're home. So the world is your oyster. Right. You know, I'm not going to get drunk and then go shoot a bunch of people. I'm probably going to get drunk and go watch a movie, you know? Fall asleep on the couch, right? Because <laughs> that's what normal people do when they have a bad day. Welcome to your 30s. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, thank you, Elena, so much. Everybody, check out the podcast. Are we there yet? It was a, it was a real pleasure to have you on. Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much, guys. Thank you, Elena, for talking with us today. It was a great conversation. And now we are going to move into audience participation. That's my favorite part of the show. No, it isn't. No, I know it's not. But still, I really enjoy it because (laughs) it's a chance for our audience to comment and talk to us about how they felt about the episode, anything that was brought up. And I think this week, a good audience participation would be is how do you cope with traumatic situations? Do you do them privately? Do you cope with them publicly? And what's the community that you're looking to build in those situations? I think community is a big part of dealing with dramatic and traumatic experiences. And I think Elena had a lot of, a lot of good information and a, a lot of good to say about that. Also... If you don't have maybe the best way to deal with a thing or just private ways, because private ways aren't bad. It's it's completely acceptable to have private ways of coping with loss. I mean, we're all different, right? Um, we're all going to require different things to to be healthy and to be, you know, mentally, mentally healthy. So, you know, is there are there private things that work for you that aren't self-destructive that you feel are worth worth exploring? Let us know. Yeah, so check us out. Uh, check us out on Twitter at ActListPod. That is at A-C-T-L-I-S-T-P-O-D. Or you can hit up our Facebook at www.facebook.com slash ActiveListenersPod. And join in the conversation. P.
Peace. If you like what you hear, leave us a rating. And if you really like what you hear and you want to support the show, go to patreon.com slash active listeners pod and become a patron. Our theme music, It's a Trap, was created by Remodel. Thanks for listening. <laughs>